Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you... Stu and Blake. Right, quickly, before we get on with the episode, we've got an announcement. The MMA Fan Podcast is now sponsored by Free Train. Blake, what's Free Train? Free Train is a fantastic company that do these amazing vests for when you run, when you train. Whether you're going for a run or hitting the bag, you can keep your phone close to your chest. And uh, yeah, they're brilliant. They've got a little pocket for your keys. You know more or do you need to have your phone rumbling around in your pocket or at an awkward angle on your arm or anything like that. You've got the vest on. Phones there, easy access to it. They do some great uh, gloves as well to keep your hands warm and be able to touch the phone and everything. It's all linked up with your phone. So, yeah, they're a fantastic brand. A couple of pockets for your keys. Everything you need when you go for a run or if you're hitting the bag training. And you're not just saying this for the sake of it. Before they even become our sponsors, you had one of these vests, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, I've, well, I've still got it. I run with it all the time. But yeah, before they became our sponsors, I had one of these vests. They are genuinely brilliant. I really like them. And... Uh, yeah, I'm really pleased they're our sponsor. And if you want one, if you head over to freetrain.com, when you go shopping and you put all your stuff in your in your basket, just before you check out, if you put in the code MMAFAN, you'll save yourself 10%. Don't say we don't spoil you here on this podcast. 10% off an amazing vest from Freetrain. www.freetrain.com. All right, let's get on with the show. Sorry again, guys. We're going to briefly interrupt the podcast to tell you about a new movie called Embattled. Embattled is starring Stephen Dorff. It's written by David McKenna, who wrote American History X and Blow. Uh, you will also see cameos from Tyrone Woodley and Kenny Florian in this film. And it's the story of a tumultuous relationship between a father and his son. And did I mention that both father and son are MMA fighters? So... This could be right up your street. It's available from the 5th of July on digital download. Check it out. Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. I'm one half of your presenting duo. Uh, I am Stu Whiffin, sitting opposite me, snug as a bug in a rug in his little dressing gown, his his old sleepy bunny Harrison. Hello. (laughs) Hello. Yeah, all right. Hello, mate. You How can you doing? Keep your eyes open. Uh, what are you talking about? I'm wide awake. Uh, um, I suppose we should talk about why 
uh, I'm in my dressing gown. Not that people can see this, although I did see that you recorded the Zoom. You know, I'm like, it, I mean, the, the visual of this is not going anywhere, mate. There's a sex sales, mate. The, sex sales. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, so. Yeah, so... Uh, How are you? Because we've not actually spoken no, about this No, we've not spoken event. at we've all. We've literally just woke up, press record. Well, I've woke up, you've you've not. So well, yeah. tell us where you watched it, because you've you done something special, right? Yeah, so basically I was, I was basically awake for about 25 hours, then got about an hour and 20 minutes sleep, then have woken up, had some breakfast and got on the Zoom with you. <laughs> so... Uh, that's that's been my my time. So I was uh, very kindly invited by the guys at uh, MMA on Point, which have their uh, uh, YouTube channel, to be part of their fight companion uh, alongside uh, Jason Hartley, who runs the show, uh, Balian, who people might know from the UFC computer game, does like all the esports stuff, and Paddy the Baddie, Paddy Pimblett. So I actually got to meet Paddy in person for the first time, despite having you know chatted with him on Twitter and, and obviously him being a a guest of our of our show and uh yeah so how was it it was great as, as paddy paddy's i mean what great. a time to chat to I him i know yeah so paddy's great he seems to be um he i mean he just seems so chilled out he's got like the biggest fight coming up in a few weeks whatever but he seems just totally chilled out just having the best time and uh yeah really just super confident in himself as you would imagine him, him to be mm. excellent so so the, the thing you've done, I mean, I am still a little bit naive to it. So I take it it's a kind of fight companion That was it. Type Sorry, thing. yeah. So you're going to have to help me through this uh, episode today because my <laughs> brain brother, might worry. be all over the shop. <laughs> I've just realized the mic was on something else. So if anyone's like, oh, he sounds different to what he did a second ago. Yep, I've just basically it was a little quiet. just made my mic do something. I don't know. So hopefully it's better now. But, um, but uh, the... Um, it's a fight companion. So with those uh, other three lads that I mentioned, we watched all the fights. So I went to their studio. We watched uh, all the fights together and were talking about it live as it was going on on a live stream. Uh, there was people in the chat probably slagging me off, telling me I don't know what I'm talking about because I did get most of my fight predictions wrong. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> like, <laughs> most of my fight predictions went way wrong. Um, I got O'Malley and Poirier right. Everyone else, wrong. Um, mm. So, yeah, so that was uh, that was good fun. And it was just a really nice time and a good laugh, and they're really good lads over at MMA on point. So, yeah, it was great fun. It was a really lovely way to watch it and and stay up and watch it but mm. then I had to get back to mine from uh around the Wimbledon way and my car was slightly late coming to get me so I didn't get home until 8am and I was up at 7am the day before with the kids and hadn't gone to bed in all that time so yes yeah, been a, a, a long one for old sleepy Harrison oh, do you know what I can't even complain um it was only yesterday that I realised it was box office, and I just thought, oh, okay. So, um, and I'm not a fan of having to wait until midday for the the rerun. It's like, okay, right, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to go in. So I set the alarm for one, and uh, and literally sort of um, watched the prelims, and uh, and Pip was awake, so we had a we had a little WhatsApp chat going oh, on as he was watching it, and. Uh, and yeah, it, it was it was really good. I mean, so much to discuss, really. There really is so much to discuss. I mean, first and foremost, you do know you can still record, even though it's on like box office, right? You don't have to wait till midday for the rerun. Just press record, 
and wake up at your normal time and then watch what? it. <laughs> Seriously? Yes, Grandad Whiffin. You absolutely can do that. Fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> so we're both pretty tired, I, I assume. Uh, you... yeah, I, I went to bed at six, right? Um, and I've, I've slept, and we're recording this at 11.30 in the morning. I, I got up about half hour ago. So, uh, yeah, I can't complain. I'm doing better than you, mate. I've, yeah, uh, I've had more sleep. Yeah. Um, but you got to hang out with Paddy the Baddy, right? I got to hang out with Paddy the Baddy. He did do some <laughs> massive farts. I'm not going to lie. He was like, and he was pretty open about it. He was wafting them around. It was, a, it was a good time. I was sat right next to him. Some of them were pretty potent. Not going to lie. Uh, so yeah, he's on. He must be on one of his special protein diets at the moment. Um, but yeah, but no, he was on great form. You don't want to be downwind of them protein you diets. Don't do you? want to be downwind of that. Not at all. Uh, but yeah, but it was really, really good fun. But. Let's get on to what all the people listening want us to talk about. And I think we should just go straight in at the top. What, oh, okay. What a crazy, yeah. crazy end to that fight. I mean, Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier 3 ended up the way that no one thought it would end up. I don't think anyone anticipated a doctor stoppage TKO because of a broken leg. Yeah. Is it a leg or an ankle? I, I don't know. I heard Rogan say it was his leg, but I, I don't know. It, I whatever think it's it was. a tibia, like something on a shin oh. bone. It's a tibia, shin bone. I, I, I watched a bit of the post-fight press conference um, on my way back, and uh, yeah, I think they said that it was tibia. I mean, yeah, that, that's what I've heard so far, is it's like shin bone stuff. So pretty Ooh. awful. Let's get to the aftermath and the interviews once we've sort of chatted about the one round that yes, we got. Yes. Because personally, I thought it was quite a balanced round. I thought Connor come out looking like the Connor I think a lot of us wanted to see. Quite yeah. low slung, lots of kicks. Loads of kicks to begin the... with. Spinning kicks, yeah. teep kicks, you know, kicks to the calf, to the thigh. I did think when he threw the hands, they just didn't seem to have that snap that they had eight years ago I just it for me and I said it in the pre-show when I was obviously we, we, we chatting to you Brian Pitt that when he fought um uh Dustin last time and he was throwing the hands I mean obviously he's got serious knockout power but I still thought that them shots just didn't seem like they were they were fast and precise, and he always spoke about speed and precision. And I don't know the the, the shots that he threw. I didn't think looked looked devastatingly dangerous. Um, the, the kicks I thought looked brilliant. Um, and then for me, I, I thought Dustin just started to take control second half of the round. I don't know what your thoughts were on that. Like, yeah, I mean, I I felt like I liked the kicks. I thought that was great. I felt like he was backing him up quite well with those kicks. Dustin did say in the post-fight interview, I think, uh, that, you know, one of the shots that Connor landed him, yeah. did hurt him. Uh, so I think that Dustin's far more durable at 155 than he was at 145. So I think you, you've got to, and you know, we've seen Dustin get hit a lot and take it and keep coming. Uh, I, I didn't think anything was necessarily wrong with the hands. I like the kicks, all that stuff. <laughs> There's such a narrative with Connor's gas tank that I wonder if I sometimes project that that narrative onto a fight before it's even happened. But I have to say, when Connor was backed up a little bit at one point, and then he went for that guillotine, I was like, 
Connor looks tired. Like he kind of, did he try and jump to guard with the guillotine? Yeah. And you're looking at him and he was breathing through the mouth quite heavily. And I mean, again, because that narrative's out there, it's, it's quite hard to not think about it. And as soon as he's, Absolutely. Come, you know, he could have been just like, you know, one of those we're, you know, halfway through the round or, you know, I'll get my second wind in a minute or whatever it is. Or just as mm. soon as I get that minute's break, I'll be back to normal and fine. I don't know, but I kind of felt like he already looked tired. Mm. Um, in terms of it being a balanced round, I do think it was relatively balanced because even when Dustin was on top and landing some heavy shots, there were times when Connor, even from the bottom, was also That's landing heavy shots, uh, like doing mm. that Peter Queeley style elbows mm. to the head and just really going for it. Um, but one thing that shocked me since is I've seen on uh, uh, an Instagram page, it might have been the BT Sport one, that two of the judges gave that round 10-8 to Dustin, which I find quite surprising. Wow. Yeah. Uh, one gave it 10-9. I think you could argue, I, I probably would have given that a 10-9 Dustin round, but 10-8. Why 10-8? On what? Well, people are a bit more free with the 10-8s now than what they ever used to be. But even so, I think Connor was doing enough damage at the bottom to say that that yeah. was a 10-9. It was not yeah. a 10-8. I know that Dustin had a lot more control, but Connor did kind of do that himself because he went for the guillotine. He tried to pull guard for the guillotine, which I think was a bad idea. And for someone like Connor, who does gas easily and he, he wants his strikes to be fast, snappy, uh, with a lot of power, working on a guillotine gasses your arms. You know, it yeah, can it... really tie you. So, so your punches aren't going to have as much pop after that. I totally agree with what you say about it's it's in everyone's head that Connor's going to run out of steam um, because we've seen it, you know, mm-hmm. and, and so it's there now. And I don't think there was any, you know, fight fans watching that, that when he was, you know, pulling on his arms in, in that guillotine, just thinking, oh, no, if you get, if you don't stop this, when you stand up, I guess you're going to be yeah. like, oh, you're going to blow your arms out here. Um, and obviously what happened like you said at the beginning, nobody expected that. You know, he threw that shot and moved back and the foot went under him. And, yeah, no no one, you know, love Connor, hate Connor, whatever your thoughts are on him, no one wants to see that happen to anybody. And, and yes, especially someone, you know, elite-level sport where that could potentially be, you know, career-ending. You know, I know I'm being dramatic with that, but... You you don't know. Yeah, no, absolutely. I don't think you are being dramatic. You just you don't know how someone's going to recover from an injury like that. I mean, one thing with Connor is he's going to have the world's best doctors, physiotherapists. You know, all of that stuff mm. is going to be the top, top, top that the world can offer. Mm. And so, if anyone's going to come back quickly from something like that, it's Connor McGregor because he's got the finances to make sure he does that properly. But um, again, this is another test of his motivation, which I have to say, I mean, the fact that he's even fighting at all when he's got the money that he has and the other businesses that he has, that he's top of the Forbes list above Messi and Ronaldo and LeBron James and all that kind of stuff, that shows a real dedication and a want to fight and a motivation as far as I'm concerned. I don't think he's just doing it for more money. Because no, I think I he can earn shed loads of money by not fighting and just having all his other businesses. 
Um, he's got so I think he's going to be motivated to do it. He's got enough money, yeah. But I mean, I, I think he's going to be motivated to do that. Um, and I think we will see him again, but it just depends how bad this break is, I yeah. guess. And he's 32. We probably won't see him again until he's, I don't know when his birthday is, but I'm guessing 33 or 34. If his birthday's mm. coming up soon, I'm not sure. I think it so, is. Um, so, yeah, you've got it marked on your calendar, have you? You're going to send him a card. I've got his uh, date of birth towed. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff underneath my kids. Um, one of the... Uh, the I mean, I've seen lots of stuff on the socials talking about, you know, zero class from Connor in the post-fight interview. Yeah. My initial thought, and, and I echoed the thoughts of, of, of our chat that I was having with Pip last night on this, because why, when somebody's had their leg snapped, do you then go and go, right, and we're going to go and talk to this guy? Why oh, are they not going, that. let's get this guy out of this octagon and get a doctor on him. Like, do not... Obviously, Connor wanted to speak. He had stuff to say. Yeah. But I don't think that's a cool thing for the UFC to be doing. I think when a fighter's had his leg... When his leg snapped, it's like, that's not a time to, to, to do the media thing. That's a time to get the medical thing. That's that's my thoughts on it. I thought it was in quite bad taste to interview a guy sitting there with his leg the way it was. I I know what you mean. And with any other fighter, I would totally agree with you. But this is Conor McGregor. He is the reason everyone is there. And everyone has already paid all their money and potentially could argue they've been shortchanged through no fault of anyone's. Just It's just bad luck that the fight ended in the manner mm. that it did. Um, because it feels slightly inconclusive. Mm. Um, but I, I think that... I didn't expect the UFC to do anything other than go and talk to him, if I'm mm. completely honest. And I think, as you say, Connor wanted to speak. And mm. the zero class thing, I think he was quite classless in the build-up to the fight. Mm. I think the whole, your wife's in my DMs and all that stuff. Not I think cool, man. family and all of that should remain separate. Attack the person you're fighting not the family, unless there's been something that they've come out and said or done or whatever. But um, <clears throat> I think one thing that you didn't realise when watching the broadcast and you've now seen on social media afterwards is when Connor's there with his broken leg and people are trying to tend to him, Poirier's wife walked behind the people tending to him, looking at Connor and gave him the middle finger. And you're like... If you're Connor, you've got all this adrenaline going, you're probably bitter as anything because you've just lost, and you're in absolute agony. Like, he's just broken his leg. He stepped back on it like we saw Chris Weidman do. Mm. And, and, and then this person who maybe has had some altercation. I don't know what happened with that whole Instagram thing, whether she messaged him about something telling him to stop or whatever. I don't think it was anything kind of what Connor was alluding to any kind of sexual thing or, or like coming on to him or anything like that. I don't believe any of that stuff, but I, uh, it is possible that she's DM'd him to tell him to, to stop or whatever. I, I don't know. You just don't know what's actually gone on there or whether it was a whole thing was a fake. You just don't know. But, um, if, if something's gone on there and then, this woman has, is sticking her middle finger up at you whilst you're there with your leg broken and all that stuff. 
whether it's anyone really, whether it be a, a, a brother, sister, mm. mother, partner of, of the person you've been fighting that then sticks their middle finger up at you. Mm. I think that is going to infuriate you when you're in that position. You are going to say some horrible things. 100%. Don't put but a microphone the, in his mouth. Don't put... Yeah, no, I, I, I know what you're saying, but they, of course they're going to. It's Conor McGregor's the yeah. reason that everyone's there it and was the reason weird. that everyone's bought the pay-per-view. There was that sort of silence after Poirier had, had, had spoken to Rogan. Normally, it sort of then cuts to a, a cutaway or something, and it didn't. It just kind of followed the octagon around a little bit with no no commentary, and I just thought, oh, my God, are they going to talk to Connor? And they did, and I, and I was really surprised. And then I wasn't surprised at what came out of his mouth because he's obviously all the things that you just mentioned. I didn't know that, um, what, what, what Dustin's wife had done. Um, but yeah. That doesn't I, excuse it no, necessarily. Not at all. But I, not at all. I, I, I'm saying that, like, if, if it, already there's stuff going on and this, this, the, 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 the state he must have been in. I mean, when you look at Weidman, I don't know the difference between the breaks. Obviously, time will tell. But Weidman was on the floor just trying to control himself and not, you know, like, I don't know, just trying to manage the pain as best he could. Connor was there ready for an interview and was. I mean, the man's an animal, isn't he? He's just there aggressively shouting at Poirier. He's got his legs broken and people are just starting to deal with it. And he's shouting at people saying, that's Dr. Stoppage. It's, Do- it's not TKO. It's Dr. Stoppage. It's Dr. Stoppage. I mean, the, the, the passion he has for just like, just making sure that he's projected in the way that Brand McGregor is on point. Brand McGregor, exactly, absolutely right. That it's, you know, it's not a loss. It's not a loss. It's a TK, it's a freak accident. And and he will control that narrative now. I imagine mm. that if he, I doubt he was, I didn't see all of the post-fight press conference. I can't imagine he would have been there. He would have been in the hospital. I think he's having surgery soon. Um, but when he comes out with his statement or whatever about it, he will be saying, I'll be back. We're going to fight again. And this was a freak accident. Dustin did not win this fight. Um, and the so, story continues yeah. and, and the more money will be made, you know, and we'll all piss and moan about it, but we're all tuning in super excited on the night because the hype train will get us. Absolutely. Of course it will. Of course it will. I mean, I suppose we, we've talked a lot about Connor because that is the story because that leg break was horrendous and now mm. you're wondering the biggest star the sport's ever known. Will he come back? Will he fight again? Mm. So I suppose... One word answer, does Conor McGregor fight again? Yeah. I'd say yes too. I mm. think he will fight again. One word answer, do they do McGregor Poirier 4? No. I'm not I'd interested. I'd say yes. I'm not interested. I, I, it's not about whether you're interested, it's no, about whether they'll do it. I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will because it's not concluded, is it? You it's know, not it, concluded. It's one apiece and... You know, yeah, it, 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 it's gonna it's gonna happen. I'm not necessarily interested in it. I think Dustin Poirier has probably earned a lot of money now and should go and do what he needs to do to fight for the belt and and, and fight some other absolute beasts in that division. Well, here's the really interesting thing then, because Connor's gonna need to take time off. He might not fight for another eighteen months, so. Dustin's just had a one-round fight where he come out of it probably relatively unscathed and could fight quite easily another t- mm. time this year, whether it be you know November, December, whenever. Mm. So we could have a situation potentially, and I know there's a lot of ifs and stuff with this, but 
We could have an amazing situation where Dustin goes up against Oliveira at the end of the year, beats him, becomes a lightweight champion. Maybe even defends the belt at some point next year in, you know, April, May, whatever. And then Connor's ready to fight again in like September, October of, what would it be, 2022? I don't know. Um, I can't do maths because I've been awake for 25 hours. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do maths of literally one plus one. Um, uh, but uh, you could have this situation where Connor, off the back of a loss to Khabib and two losses to Dustin. Oh, no, he did, obviously he had the cowboy fight, didn't mm-hmm. he? So it would just be the two losses to, to Dustin technically. But at 155, it would be a loss to Khabib mm-hmm. and two losses to Dustin. And could go straight into a title shot. Mm. If Dustin's the champion when Connor is ready to return, I have no doubts that the UFC will put him straight in for a, a title shot to conclude the, the Poirier kind of, well, what would it be? Quad, quadrology? I don't know <laughs> if that's trilogy. the word, but I'm on board with it. <laughs> quadrology. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it, it's, uh, it, it, I mean, that could make perfect sense, what you've just said there. Um, it's Olivier. not right. It's not a meritocracy. You know, there's people that would be in front of Connor, I'm sure, in terms of win streaks and all That's that. It's always been the case, though. It's, like, the, it's the money business, isn't it? It's, it's Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and, and aside from that, you don't get a dull fight with Connor. Or Dustin. You know? Or Dustin, yeah. Like, don't. They're both amazing. And, uh, you know, for love him or hate him, you tune in because you want to watch them because you're going to get entertained. And and it was such a shame that what happened last night happened because we all wanted to see where that fight was going to go. And and like you say, I'm sure at some point next year, we'll see that get rolled out again. Yeah. Well, let's, let's, I hope he recovers well. I mean, at the end of the day, he's a, a man with wife and children. And, he, mm-hmm. you know, the, as you say, love him or hate him, the the, the build-up to this fight was getting a bit Khabib-esque. It, was, it mm. wasn't as bad as Khabib and as dark as Khabib, but... Well, it was one-way con- traffic. <laughs> yeah. You know, Dustin and, weren't playing ball. He just seemed to just go... Uh, having said that, he did, he did absolutely... I think landed the biggest blow in the press conference with the uh, not McGregor fast, McGregor sleep line. Yeah. Um, and also someone pointed out uh, earlier as well that... Um, Conor McGregor was saying that Dustin's the one is going to leave on a stretcher, and Conor ended up being the one that leaves on a stretcher. Um, not cool with all that. I'm, I'm going no. to murder him. He's going to die in that octagon. I'm just not interested no. in that. No, it. and that's the thing that Dustin said he was most unhappy about. Mm. And Dustin has said, "We'll fight again. We'll fight either in an octagon or in the street." Because you don't say stuff like that. he said. That, he said the things about his wife didn't even bother him mm. in a post. He's like, my, "Me and my wife were solid as a rock." that she's not bothered by any of this nonsense. So that's not even a problem. But saying to someone, I'm going to murder you or you're going to die in there, when we know that that's it, that is actually a possibility. That could happen. He's like, you don't say that kind of stuff about people and two people and stuff like that. And, and I make him right. I think that, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It is, I think, actually, I think the wife stuff's worse. I think that kind of the murder, you're going to kill you in there. I think that you can take that as like, that's just slang almost for I'm going to beat you or knock you I out. I think, but I think the, the, the bringing in the family members is, is the bit that does mm. bother me a bit. Well, should we move on to um, the co-main? Yeah, well, all right. But just quickly, 
does Dustin face Oliveira next or does he look is there an opportunity for like a money fight with like a Nate Diaz I'm just throwing it out there for fun I think we all know he probably will go and fight Oliveira next absolutely absolutely you think that's the that's the next fight definitely you know I, I think yes there's always the big bucks fights but I think he's he's done that now and I think it's time to you know go for that belt and then yeah then you can cash in again once you've got that belt. I think there'll be no yeah. no, no shortage of people wanting to step up and, and and fight Dustin when he's got that strap. So yeah, I, I think that the Oliveira fight is is makes sense and will, will will happen. I think. Okay. Well, should we move on to the co-main event? Yeah. Um, Gilbert Burns, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. Um, a little underwhelmed. I've got to be honest. Yeah, well, I didn't mind it too much. Dana White hated it. He basically said every fight on the card was good except the co-main event, so he wasn't a big fan of it. Um, I was surprised surprised at how easily Wonderboy was taken down, and when I was sitting next to to my good friend Paddy the Baddy, my good friend Paddy Pimblett. Your new friend, uh, didn't you? He's my new friend, yeah. No big deal. Don't worry about it, mate. Just... Bezzy mates, um, uh, BFFs. Um, but uh, he, he was kind of alluding to the fact that it seemed like some of the shots that Gilbert was was doing, like those takedown attempts, weren't the best. And he was surprised that Wonderboy was getting getting taken down because Wonderboy's takedown defense is usually brilliant. Like he's really good with his takedown defense. Mm. So, uh, and I, I, I was surprised as well. I thought that this fight, as I said in the pre-fight show, would be won and lost on the feet. Either Gilbert would clip him and it would go to the ground that way. I really didn't expect Burns to be able to to take him down. And he did it a couple of times. I know, you know, Wonderboy defended a few of them and did well a few, but I really didn't expect him to be able to take him down at all, really, unless he, he clipped him. So I was surprised at that. I felt like it was actually relatively close because I think Gilbert quite obviously won the first round. Second round was won by Wonderboy. And then the third round... I, I, I think that, that the second round um, could have gone to Burns as well. I think it was really, uh, yeah. I, th- I thought both rounds were really tight. I, I, I when we were watching, I, I felt like it was quite clear first round Burns, second round Wonder Boy. Mm. But as I say, I haven't been able to watch it back or anything. And I was just watching it in the heat at the moment and trying to remember it. But that's how I scored it in my head. I think, and then Wonder Boy. If unless I'm mixing those two rounds up now, I can't remember. But I definitely had it one apiece going into the third, either way. And then Wonder Boy at the start of the third round was doing well, caught him with a, a spinning heel kick, which sent Gilbert down, which clearly done probably the most damage mm. uh, in the fight. And but then for maybe just over half the round or around half the round, that's when Gilbert was on top and throwing a lot of shots but not not causing a huge amount of damage and we were having a conversation about whether or not we thought you know was the damage done by Wonderboy enough to give him the round despite the fact that Gilbert had most of the ground control and all that I, I do think Gilbert probably deserved to win it but can, according to like what we know of the judging criteria and how damage is um, the most important factor above all else I do think that Wonderboy getting a knockdown was more damaging than what Gilbert did to Wonderboy. Yeah. But but I, I had no problems with the decision. I felt like, you know, I was quite fine with it going to, to, to Burns. Um, some, some questionable strikes at the end, I thought. Yes. 
Yeah, if that was one championship and he was Eddie Alvarez, that was a disqualification without a mm. shadow of a doubt. Um, that was a bit dodgy at the end, I, I, I felt. Um, but, I mean, it was very quick. And I, don't, I didn't hear a warning from the ref, but then I, I couldn't hear much of the commentary because we were doing our fight companion thing. So. I, I didn't hear anything. Um, yeah, I, I, but um, I, I just thought... And rightfully so, they were both very cautious of each other. And, you know, and I think it was, it's, you know, it's karate versus, you know, jiu-jitsu. And it's, and it's always going to make for a, an interesting matchup. And I think that first round was quite, very cautious. I think, um, I like it when Wonderboy switches stances and kicks off the right, um, the lead leg. I really like watching that. I think he's got really good power in them kicks. Um and yeah, and I think obviously Burns was aware of that. And I just thought when there was, you know, when it was against the the, the cage or it got took down, I just thought there wasn't loads being done. I thought it was quite a little bit just, I don't know, I just felt a little bit deflated by it because it, it should have been an incredible fight. And, uh, and and I was completely indifferent as to, as to who won, you know, I, I, I really like Gilbert Burns. I really like Wonder Boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was there just to be, you know, to, to to really enjoy it, and it just fell a bit short for me. Yeah, no, I understand that. I mean, it was it was doubly worse for me because I, I do like Gilbert Burns, but I'm a huge Wonder Boy fan. Mm-hmm. I just love him. I think he's a great guy, and also I think it would have been really interesting if he'd won because I think it would have meant that maybe he could have, especially if he'd have won, maybe convincingly. I think he would have leapfrogged Colby and, unfortunately, Leon Edwards. I've got that title shot. But as that hasn't happened, uh, Burns was calling out, I think he called out Masvidal and Leon and Colby Covington uh, in his post-fight interview. Did he call out Nate as well? He might have called out Nate as well. I'm, I'm mm. not exactly sure. But um, as I say, I couldn't hear it all in, in the headphones. But... Um, what what do you think we should do next with we should do as if we're the matchmakers uh, with Gilbert Burns? Well, are they going to give him the title shot? I don't know. No, what, what, it's not, not going to happen, is it? It's like, no. and so I, I just think so. What does that leave? And I think he was wise enough to seize that moment and and call out money fights and and Nate and um, Jorge are obviously big money fights, and we we, we see that uh, Masvidal was there. You know, he seemed to be smirking away at the at the call out, and I don't know. Is there bigger money fights for for Masvidal than Gilbert Burns? I don't know. Is he a big fan Definitely. favorite, Gilbert Burns? Not really. Um, and I don't think he's going to be any more of a fan favorite after the fight that we saw last night. No, I I, I think that I think Masvidal makes a lot of sense in terms of the division. They've both been beaten by the champion. They're both quite highly ranked. I'd I'd watch that fight. Like it'd be a nice, either co-main or good fight on a big pay-per-view or, or or something like that. But Masvidal is kind of quite box office now, isn't he? Even despite those losses to Usman, yeah. I still think that Masvidal is going to go. I'm relatively old as a fighter now. Probably only got a few left in me. I want the money fights, and to me, the money fights would be Nate Diaz, Nick Diaz, or Conor McGregor. Something along those lines. I mean, he wants. To, I've heard that he wants to fight Wonder Boy because Wonder Boy's got a win over him, and he wants to get that back. So that could potentially make sense because now Wonder Boy's coming off a loss too. 
I don't see what he gains from fighting Gilbert Burns. Gilbert Burns gains something. Um, and if Masvidal really wants to go for the belt and he thinks he could actually do it, then I suppose he needs to get a few wins and it doesn't matter who's put in front of him. He just needs to win. So I suppose it depends on Masvidal's mentality. Does he want to go for the money or does he want to really try one last ditch effort to get a title shot in the hope that maybe Usman's not the champion because he can't get a title shot against Usman. Um, so I, I, I yeah. think what you say there about that last chance, you know, to go for that strap, I think that's what, what we saw the end of for Wonderboy last night. I think that was his chance. Uh, and I think, you know, uh, he, he's, he's, he's no spring chicken there. Um, no. And that style obviously relies on speed. Uh, and, yeah, I just, I just, I felt for him because you know, is there a nicer guy in MMA? Probably not. And no. and yeah, I just think that was probably his chance. If he would have got that win, there was, you know, as you alluded to, he could um, have, have stepped over Colby and Leon and got that shot. But uh, I don't think you know that that that's going to ever happen. There, I think we're going to see. It's, it's a long road to get back into contention for that. And yes. I don't know if he's got the years on his side for that journey. No, I think the only way he gets a shot now is if like a last a, a fight falls through last minute and they just call him around and he mm. he, he does a bisping and yeah. he takes it on really short notice. Yeah. That's the only way I think he gets into and and he's such a unique style that I can see a lot of champions going, Okay, I'll take a late notice replacement, but not Wonderboy. Yeah. Because he's too awkward. Yeah. Um so that's a, that's a real tricky one, and I do feel for him. Um, but yeah, in, yeah, I don't know. I think now we're left with it's probably Colby versus Usman for the welterweight belt coming yeah. up. That's what Dane has been saying for a while. It's a real shame because Leon really deserves it more than Colby, in my opinion. Yeah. Colby has beaten Woodley. And is that it since, uh, since he got beat by Usman? Mm-hmm. That's not enough to get you a title shot, I don't think. Leon's put together a 9-10 fight win streak. That You can't compare that. I think that's crazy if he gets the shot over uh, over Leon, but that seems to be the way that Dana White wants to play it. Um, but, and and there you go. That's that's probably what's going to sell more tickets, I guess. So well, then, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree, mate. I, I, I totally agree, and, you know... Ever since we've started this podcast and the conversations we had before this podcast, I don't think we've ever kind of spoken about Leon Edwards without that kind of slight head tilt to the side of like, yeah, I oh know, like, he's yeah. just not, it's just, you know, it's poor old Leon. And, and again, yeah. I do think that the, the math on Colby Covington is he's going to work for him, you know, because yeah. he's, you know, he talks the talk. And unfortunately, Leon's just a nice guy and don't do the talk. And uh, yeah. but he walks the walk. And unfortunately, as we've seen with you know the the big fights on this card, like you know, like Connor and that, um, and, and another fighter that we'll, we'll get onto in in a while. You know that trash talk and that media personality. It does get you title shots, and uh, right or wrong, as you said, it's the money business. But I tell you what, I want what I really, really want. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about the best fucking walkout ever. <laughs> oh man, Joe, I couldn't hear. Was was it that song? Was yeah. that? I knew it was Spice Girls, but I yeah. couldn't remember it was that song. It's oh, so tied good. to Ivasa. Love oh, it. I still think coming down to Celine Dion's "My Heart Will Go On" <laughs> tops it for me. 
I think that is um, uh, just the best. Um, and oh, oh the the I mean, karmically, the world was right with this fight, wasn't it? I mean, I have to say, I was worried for Ty. I felt like. He needed to avoid Greg Hardy in the first round. And he started off with a game plan that I thought he would do. Use a bit more speed and use leg kicks. I said this in the pre-fight show and he adopted that. And I think the fight kind of went how I thought it was going to go up until the point where Hardy looked like he wobbled Ty and Ty Mm. looked like he was on slightly shaky legs for a split second there. Yeah, definitely. And I think Hardy went, oh, I've got him and rushed in like Stipe did against Ngannou in, in the rematch. <laughs> and, oh, my, just a tie just clipped him. Was it a left hook yeah. or something? And just absolutely took him out. And, I mean, Hardy I was facing the sky as his body dropped. Yeah. It was just, yeah, it, that was a, a, a big knockout. And, uh, you know, you, you have to say that in terms of, of, of what's right, in the world and uh, and good things happening to, to good people and maybe not so good things happening to not so good people. That seemed to be what happened with Taito Vasi versus Greg Hardy. And uh, then, Definitely. then he had a, did he have a shoey that he didn't realize had some of Dustin's Louisiana hot sauce in it and was <laughs> yeah. like spitting it all out? <laughs> I mean, the, the ring exit was as good as the ring, you know, uh, uh, entrance. Uh, oh, there, yeah. there was people pouring beer from like the stairs above him straight into his mouth, and oh, I mean he, he's he's a, a huge character. And but speaking of huge, I do want to stress that when that 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 buzz uh, when the bell went for the first round, I just thought, fucking hell, Greg. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems, too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and, of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Party looks huge. He yeah. was so much bigger than Ty, and yeah. and his arms were just fucking ridiculous. I was thinking, you do not want to get whacked by him. And the fact that Ty come out with him low kicks, I thought was such you know he said it was such a good idea. And I think what's happened is that um, you are basically just saying everything I said on the pre-fight show, mm. and Ty to Ivasa is clearly listening he to the pre-fight what show. I said, yeah, and you know. <laughs> Ty's adopted what I said 
and you are also just regurgitating what I said. I'm going to get your bit edited out and just take full credit for that. <laughs> <laughs> I did think Hardy looked fucking monstrous, though. Oh, and, he's massive. And, yeah, and I just, when that happened, you know, we, we all know, you know, people's thoughts and opinions on Greg Hardy. And, uh, yeah, I mean, a loss, I'm happy to see him get a loss. And, and I'm yeah. always happy to see Ty get a win. Um, yeah, as he said, he wants... Uh, he wants a top ten guy now, and uh, yeah, be great I don't to see. Know. I don't know if he gets a top ten. I think he's on a three. I think he's a top ten now. or top fifteen. Actually, I think it's probably top fifteen now. A lot of guys in a top fifteen. I think it's even off and Spivak have already beat him, so he's not mm. going to get those guys. But fifteenth ranked is uh, Sergei Pavlovich. I'd be lying if I said I knew a lot about Pavlovich. If I'm honest, he looks like an absolute beast of a man. And I think with Ty, if you want him to do well, and I think the UFC should hop on the Ty train a little bit. Mm. I think the UFC should go, look, we've got something here. This guy could be a star. Let's give him fights against people that slug it out. Because I think Ty's ground game is not very good. I mean, I, I think he has been trying to train at AKA a little bit more recently where, you know, you've got Khabib and Daniel Cormier and people like that. So your wrestling's going to improve if you go there. But I think with the pandemic, he's maybe not been there as much as he would have wanted to be. And I think um, he's got a lot to learn in terms of his wrestling. He's still young though. I think he's only 28, something like that. Uh, or maybe even younger. I'm not sure. But you know, he's uh, he's got a lot to learn in terms of his ground game. So Sergei Pavlovich, it looks like an absolute monster. But if he's someone that is more of a striker, give Ty the opportunity to break into the top 15. But if he's someone that's, you know, a guy with a lot of wrestling and good on the ground and stuff, I, I, I think give Ty some favourable matchup. Let's give the fans what we want. Because is Ty, I don't look at Ty and think future title contender. Um, I look at Ty and I think, have some really fun fights, become a fan favorite and earn loads of money because people yeah. will tune in to watch you fight and Definitely. you'll get loads of sponsorships and endorsements and stuff. Just make, be, make money. Mm. Just make as much money as you can and have as much fun as you can. Um, and so Espinal? I'd like to see them. Where's he ranked? He's top 15. He's got to be. He's probably about 11. He's in the top 15, but mm. I, I think Ty Nacional would destroy Ty. Hmm. I, I think Tom's an all-round mixed martial I look at Tom Aspinall and I think he could be a future title contender for sure. Mm. I don't see that with Ty. Mm. So, yeah, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But that's, that's just how I see it. I, I want to see Ty in some fun matchup. Absolutely. And, and I think you're, one of the things that you said there, just to echo your thoughts, and, uh, and I'll obviously um, edit it, so it's mine. Um, but yeah, they, they, you know, I think the UFC, the, the fact that where he's placed on that card, the UFC are aware, I think, that it, the fans love him. You yeah. know, and, and I think that hopefully they, they do throw a lot more at that and, and, and build him up because he's just so much fun to watch. And, yeah. and he's got legit dangerous hands. And uh, yeah. as we as we saw last night, because he put a monster to sleep last night. Yeah, and those leg kicks were looking really Massively. good as well. So Massively. you know, it's not just a one trick pony. He's not just someone with big hands. He can do other things. And I think for someone of his side, he's quite quick. Mm -hmm. But I think he just really needs to improve his ground game before anyone shoves him in there with someone that's that's got good jujitsu and wrestling and stuff. Um, moving well, on, we yes. had. Uh, 
Oh, oh, <laughs> just just talking about Thai's boxing. I I think the next fight, um, we witnessed some incredible boxing. Yeah. Oh, I I, I thought Aldana's boxing was absolutely phenomenal. But incredible oh, sorry, I, for some reason I thought you meant this is how tired my brain is. I thought you meant in Thai's next fight we're going to see some incredible no. boxing. I was no. like, really? How do you even know this? <laughs> like, who, who's your source? Witchcraft, mate. Witchcraft. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah I, 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 moving on to um, yeah the the, the Aldana Yana fight. Um, oh, I just thought it well, it was a, absolutely obliterated her uh, with incredible boxing. And I just yeah thought the hand speed was incredible. I thought the movement was good, and it was yeah elite level striking. Yeah, yeah, it was exciting to watch. Um, I think uh, didn't she? She's coming off a loss to Holly Holm, so she mm-hmm. probably needs to get another win. But also, the other thing is she missed weight. Yeah, for this fight by about mm-hmm. three and a half pounds. That's not good. Mm. You can't be giving people title shots after missing weight and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, it has happened. Famously, I think Darren Till Wonderboy, where he missed weight and then uh, then he fought Tyron Woodley. It does happen. People do do it. But I think that um, I think it shouldn't really be done. Um, so, yeah, I don't know what her excuse was for missing weight. Maybe she has a perfectly valid excuse. I don't know. But I just think it's a better look if you're, la- if you're going for a title shot. Your last fight, you need to have made weight, I think. Mm. Um, so, yeah, but I mean, she did dominate. I mean, uh, Kunitskaya got her nose busted, I think, quite early and then seemed yeah. to be in a slight panic mode. She was going for clinches with, I don't know, I felt like she needed to get more of like a, a body lock or shoot a bit lower. Maybe that's just not her style. I, I don't she know, but she was trying going to get out of them shots. Get out of the way of them shots. I think, like, you know, they were just yeah, but she was doing it fast. by going for the clinch around the back mm. of the head and kind of slipping off. And it was very simple for Aldana to just lower her head and get yep. away from it. Definitely. And I feel like if you're worried about the shots and the boxing, I mean, who the hell am I? I don't know what I'm talking about. But I felt like she had her up against the cage a bit rather than going for the clinch around the head, just get around the body, go for the body lock, just do something because then mm. that will halt the, the boxing and. And any of that movement, the clinch seemed to just her hands just slipping off the top of her head. Yeah. Get lower, get kind of chest to chest, get that body lock going, all that kind yeah. of stuff. And I think you'll be able to slow someone down a bit more. But unfortunately, it didn't happen. Okay, guys, we had a little bit of a, a technical issue there. Stu's card uh, ran out of memory or something. I don't know how this stuff works. It's like an old memory card for the PlayStation. It just, yeah. uh, it's just full <laughs> up, isn't it? It's full up. So we don't know what's going on now. Uh, oh, but, dear, uh, that's so, uh, an old memory card is, is literally my brain uh, at 48 years old trying to remember what happened on fights that were literally about four hours ago. Um, and I've had more <laughs> sleep than you. But one of the fights that I do want to talk about, um, which I guess there was a lot of hype about, and there's always hype when we talk about O'Malley, is is the Sugar Sean fight um, against Chris uh, Montino. And, I mean... I've got a lot to, to say about this fight, Blake. Um, I thought it was a poor choice of opponent um, when you've got, you know, I know we spoke about this on the pre, pre-show pre a little bit, but I just think they could have put him in with somebody in the UFC, not somebody outside the UFC that walks into the octagon in his flip-flops and then has to ask where to stand. 
Um, it felt to me that he was before the before the bell went just overwhelmed. Had never experienced anything like this, and and I think that obviously gave O'Malley a ridiculous advantage. Aside from the obvious advantages of skill, um, what we did see uh, from Chris was more heart than any other fighter on this card. I think um, he just seized his opportunity. Didn't stop coming forwards um, at a lot of huge shots. Um, and I think, yes, Sugar Sean looked great. His hands looked exceptional. Um, but they're going to look exceptional against somebody that you're a hell of a lot better than. Um and it was a real weird one on the little thread I was having with Pip, like chatting. I got a bit angry about this fight. Um, it, it, it pissed me off. Um, when Sean O'Malley started showboating a bit, I just thought, what are you doing? Like, you, you, there's no need for this. There's no need to showboat. Um, he, his, his level of skill was just a complete, a complete fucking mile away. Um, from Chris's and I think fair play to him because he just dug deep, he bit down and he just didn't stop coming forward and at shots that would have put a lot of other fighters away. Look at what he done to um, Almeida. Look what he done to, um, oh God, what's his name? Moustache. Um, Wineland. What, Eddie Wineland. Look what he done to him. Like, boom, one shot. Both of them, like, out. And he at all of that and more and kept coming forwards and, and I think no one that the, the crowd changed. No one was booing him halfway through that fight. I think people were just like, "This guy's taking his moment," and he's walking through. He's laughing at O'Malley when he's throwing these big shots and saying, "Nah, nothing. These head kicks. This is not what. It's not doing anything." I mean, it was clearly doing stuff because his face was obliterated. Um, but then I just looked at the clock and I thought, the fact this guy is going to go the distance is incredible. Um, and and it got stopped. It got stopped. And I guess this is going to be the discussion point here, Blake. It got stopped when he was being hit. He was never going to win the fight. But there was a chance, because he didn't stop coming forward and throwing, he could clip O'Malley. But as much as he was being hit, he wasn't on shaky legs. His hands were high. His guard was there. O'Malley's hands were getting through that guard. But I think fight, uh, yes, the fighter's safety is paramount. But I think, I think I was, I was, I was a little bit surprised at that stoppage. I think if he would have dropped him, stop it straight away. You know, if he would have, if he was up against the cage, stop it straight away. Um, he was, he wasn't on shaky legs and his guard was there. And and he was pressing forwards. And, yeah, I think I'd like to have seen that gone the distance. Uh, yeah, and and then post-fight, I'll talk about that. But I'd just like to get your your thoughts on, on the scrap, Blake. Um, I agree with some of what you said. I disagree with other bits of what you said. I think that um, showboating is the sugar show. It doesn't mm. matter who's in there with him. That's what, you, that's what he's there for. 
He's opening up a Conor McGregor card and he's trying to get as many fans as possible. So he is showboating and he's putting on a show for the fans. That's what you pay for. That's why people are excited to see him. So I don't have any problem with, with showboating there. Um, I, in terms of um, the stoppage, I've seen a few different people talking about this and uh, there's been a few people that I really respect and like saying that, you know, how can anyone complain about the stoppage? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what, like, do people just like want more brain damage or want more, you know, like bad things happening to these fighters, all this kind of stuff. But I feel like um, the... Uh, I feel like, sorry, I've had a weird thing pop up on my computer now. We're both getting weird technical issues. Um, I feel like the, uh, I didn't like the stoppage because I felt like if the stoppage could have come earlier, the stoppage, if it had come in round two Mm -hmm. or at the start of round three or anything like that, then, you know, I would have maybe gone, nah, okay. I kind of felt like he was robbed of a moral victory because he's come on with just, you know, what was it like a week and a half's notice and taken on a a real big star in Sean O'Malley Mm -hmm. on the biggest stage you could possibly get as an MMA fighter. And he got to 20 seconds to go. And I honestly think that O'Malley was not struggling he was obviously doing incredibly well and winning every single round but i felt like he was looking tired he was running backwards the whole time and i know he was counter punching and doing really well it reminded me a little bit of that harilla gomez fight mm-hmm. that we watched mm-hmm. at the cage warriors trilogy where gomez was just kind of constantly moving backwards but picking his shots and counter striking and not getting hit and harilla was just marauding forward the whole time mm-hmm. it reminded me of that only Harilla didn't get any strikes off from what I remember. Moutinho did. Mm. I felt like he was like hitting Mali O'Malley a little bit. His face was reddened up a little bit. Obviously, he wasn't hit to the degree and the amount of times as what Moutinho was. Mm-hmm. But I just think if you were going to stop that fight, stop it much earlier. I, yeah. he, as you say, he wasn't out on his feet. He was still swinging. And I felt like he was really robbed of a moral victory there. And I, I, I really felt for Matinho. And I don't want to see... I, I, for me, the fighter's health is, is paramount at all times. But he's taken all this damage already and kept coming forward. And with 20 seconds to go, there's no guarantee that he's going to take like some big shot. Because I know that a flurry was just landed, but he's still going and he's still striking. He wasn't striking. wobbled. He wasn't wobbled. <sighs> He was standing I'm, there and in guard, and it's like, I, yeah, you know, the Calvin yeah. Kate uh, Max Holloway fight should have been stopped much earlier. 100%. If that's the, if that's what we're dealing with here, and yeah. that kind of inconsistency inconsistency will be mm-hmm. frustrating for fans, definitely. Because if Calvin Cater was stopped in the third round or the fourth round mm. when he was fighting Max Holloway, we could all maybe be watching this going. Yeah, well, it was similar yeah. to that, wasn't it? He was getting pieced up and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But it wasn't. That mm. was allowed to go the distance, rightly or wrongly. I'm not saying that was correct, but I think yeah. maybe that fight could have been stopped. 
There's a bit of head and heart, I think. And I think the heart just wanted the underdog to just have his moment and get that moral victory. And the head maybe, you know, maybe he was eating too much, you know, damage. I don't know. But for me, I'd just like to have seen that last 20 seconds get through. Uh, and getting that stoppage, if that was what meant Sean O'Malley thought it was a really good thing to call out Peter Yan. I just think, are you, I was about to say you on drugs. Well, he is. <laughs> um, but, uh... <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Uh, I, I, you know, how high are you? Because you've just struggled, you know, to put away somebody in the Vauxhall Conference League of your sport. And you're, you know, and now you're calling out the top of the premiership. Not yet, mate. You're dreaming if you think that that's 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 going to happen. Uh, I just thought it was disrespectful. I thought it was deluded. I thought it was good that he acknowledged just how tough Chris was. Um, but yeah, just calling out fighters like that. I just think you you're off your head, mate. Good. I didn't hear the yarn call out. I thought I heard him talk about Cody Garbrandt. He did. He called out Garbrandt, but, um, Yan, and there was a third as well. I can't think who it was. Um, but yeah, I just think the, the Garbrandt fight that that makes sense. It's a step up for O'Malley. Garbrandt coming off a. I think it's too biggest. I don't know where Garbrandt's ranked at the moment, but there's also talk of Garbrandt always going back, going down to to flyweight mm-hmm. to fight down there. But. Um, I don't know. I, I I'd like to see O'Malley fight another unranked guy, not someone like Chris Martino, someone that's probably just outside the top fifteen in people's mm. rankings. You know, I don't. I don't. Again, I'd have to pull the rankings up. But you know, Ricky Simone was mentioned, although I think Ricky Simone's maybe a bad matchup for him because he's a very good wrestler and grappler. Um, uh, Nathaniel Wood, give Nathaniel Wood a go at, at, at Sean O'Malley. Uh, I mean, you've possibly got uh, an argument there that you could do the the Cheeto Vera rematch although if I was Cheeto Vera I wouldn't do it because you've got a good win over him already um but yeah I I don't know that he does deserve I mean Cody Garbrandt's ranked fifth Mm. why should Sean O'Malley on a two-fight win streak one against uh, a guy they've just brought in on 10 days notice from Mm. another thing get a top five guy absolutely Mm. not I don't think he should get a top 15 guy right now I think he should fight someone outside that. And then after a free fight win streak, then he should go and maybe get a top 15 guy. But as yeah. we, when we spoke to Jack Shaw previously on, on the podcast, I think he's on a free fight win streak at the moment. I don't think he's expecting to necessarily get a top 15 guy next. I think yeah. he's, you know, thinking I might have to get five, six wins before I get a top 15 guy. Yeah. And I know O'Malley's the money fight and he's, That's you it. know, yeah. the, the big, you know, probably the biggest star or, or one of the biggest stars of that division and he's not even ranked. So, you know, fair enough, he might be fast-tracked a little bit, but I personally think he's young. You can build him up more, give him another, you know, 
give him another unranked guy outside the top 15 and then think about giving him a top 15 guy. Yeah. I mean, do you know, I want to retract what I said about referring to Chris's um, Voxel conference. I was going to pick you up on that to be honest, but then I thought I'll I'll leave you to it. Because I think that is harsh. It is harsh. And, 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 you know, I'd already clearly stated that he done so well and, you know, he did not stop coming forward, but it's still somebody that was thrown in last minute from, you know, not even from the organisation. And I think that, I, I think uh, O'Malley should have been fighting somebody that's got experience of UFC events and and could have, I, I say could have done more, more than what Chris did, but I don't think, you know, a lot of them guys outside the top 15 probably would have put up as good a fight as that and probably wouldn't have been as fucking, you know, balls out, let's not stop coming forward and, and throwing. And I, I think he seized his moment and I just think it was a shame that he didn't go the distance and it got stopped the way it did. But, you know, let's hope he's, uh, he's okay. I'm sure he is. But, yeah, I yes. don't know. In, in regards to calling out them them big names, I just think slow yourself down, mate. Like I don't think the Sugar Show's quite there yet. No, you can tell I that agree. fight annoyed me a bit last night. Right. You had a lot to say. You usually, you know, you say a couple of things. You had, you went on. You had a lot to say about this fight, but that's fine. I just want to say, you know, if any of our listeners know of any other fight that had worse combined hairdos than this fight, then please write to us on the socials and let us know mm. about it because I would love to see two worse hairdos that have ever been in the octagon together. Do you think in... Years to come when, you know, Chrissy's uh, at these kind of, um, you know, exhibition events and things like that, talking about, you know, that moment he had in the UFC and every time they flash it up, he's going to think, oh, fuck's sake, what was going on with my barnet? (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea. If you get your one moment, you want to have a pretty stylish look, not something that's fashionable. Like, and yeah, that was a, a very unique uh, do I mean O'Malley? Obviously, every time he steps in the octagon, he seems yeah. to have new tattoos and new hair, and uh, and I guess that's all part of what makes the Sugar Show what it is. But uh, yeah, some uh, some very questionable do's last night. Yeah, Paddy Pimblett was saying that uh, Sean O'Malley looked like he had an octopus on his head, so uh, which I thought was quite funny. Um, well, speaking of do's, um, Max Griffin, Carlos Condit. Um, Pip mentioned that um, Max Griffin's hair must have been done by the same person that designed Cody Garbrandt's shorts that we posted on our, uh, <laughs> our socials. <laughs> it was... Go on, sorry. No, what I was going to say, before we do get into any prelim stuff, uh, in terms of happier news for Chris Martino, not only did the O'Malley-Chris Martino fight win fight of the night, but Amazing. the fight bonuses were bumped up to 75 grand. So Chris Martino has probably earned more from this fight than he probably has in multiple fights in other organizations because he's put on a display. And I, I really reckon that he's, pro- I don't know how many fights he would have been signed up for. Whether I was going to say, do you what. think they signed him up? I think when you get stuff like this, I think you usually get signed up for maybe like two. I doubt he would have been just one. Mm. but I think he'll now probably be on like a fight past prelim fight against some random person that no one knows or cares about. But um, I think that, you know, this showing, I, I think Dana White loves people like this. Mm. And I think he's, he's given him the 75 grand. I think 
that is going to be a, a huge, huge thing to someone like Chris Moutinho, who's just been fighting in, on the kind of regional scene for a long time and mm. doesn't have the best record. Um, I think it was like nine and four. So now he's like nine and five or something like that. His record is now. So, I mean, I think he might get one, maybe two more fights in the UFC. But if he actually were to win one or two fights, I think he'll get signed up again. And, you know, hopefully things can go well for him and this can be his big break because he definitely earned it with that performance. 100%. 100%. Prelims? Prelims. I was watching these in the car on the way to <laughs> the old uh, the fight companion, so I'm a little bit all over the place with it. But do you want to start with uh, with Condit? Because I know you're a big Condit fan. Yeah, um, I think. Yeah, I didn't think it was the best fight. Um, I, I, I thought it, it felt to me that Carlos didn't quite get going. It just—I know he can be a little slow sometimes in the in the opening round, but he didn't seem to just for me. Didn't the fight just never really looked that exciting? Um, I won't argue with the you know the the outcome. It was what it was. Um, good win for Max Griffin's. Good to have you know Condit on your record. I don't know where that leaves Condit now. Um, <clears throat> he's now fallen to 32 and 14. I mean, that's a lot of fights. That's a lot of fights. Yeah. Um, and he was on a two fight win streak though, wasn't he, he was. before this fight? He was. Um, but yeah, I don't know. But I, I, I guess, you know, he's, he's always a fight that people are going to want because people want to fight Carlos Condit, you know, he, uh, you know, will he be another cowboy? Will he be that fighter that, you know, a lot of people want to test themselves against because he's, He's a legend and he's always dangerous. I don't know. Um, yeah, unfortunately, the UFC model seems to be you were a star for us once. You're now someone that we can use to make lesser known young fighters have a name on their record and bump up their profile so that they can take you. And then when you're, you know, out the door, they've kind of got a bigger name than they would have had because they've beaten you. That's how I think the UFC model works. I just said. Did I? Yeah. I'm too tied up. I done and then made it your own. No, like what I've done earlier, you just done it there. Do you know what, mate? I've been awake for 26 hours. (laughs) So I am barely listening to you. Your eyes have literally got more and more like fucking little piss holes in the snow as this has been going on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I apologize. I was actually looking up who uh, one of the other fighters forks. I couldn't remember, uh, and I wasn't listening to you. So that's well, that's what happened there, Charming. mate. Charming. Charming. Listening to you, mate. Um, uh, yeah, I so, don't. I mean, I, I don't see that it's going to propel Max Griffin anywhere hugely at the moment. Um, he's eighteen and eight, and yep, yeah, it, it's great having Carlos on your record. But I don't know. I don't know what's next for him. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't think he put on a, an, an incredible display to, to you know, that's going to wet the whistles of Shelby and that to go, right, let's give him something something big. No, not necessarily. But, I mean, what I was going to go and say about the way that the UFC operates is it's a shame they don't operate like our podcast wants them to operate with, like, the Welterweight Legends League. Because mm. if Condit does want to continue fighting, God, it wouldn't it be great if they were just throwing him in against, you know, 
welterweights that are in their kind of mid to late 30s and to be fair I think Max Griffin is about 35 but ones that have had a history like you know like they did with Matt Brown throw him against your Cowboys I know Woodley's gone now but you know Condit Nate Diaz has probably not got the star power to to make it a Nate Diaz fight but there are fights out there for someone like Condit against you know the the rematching people like Robbie Lawler and stuff like that I, I think that would be Far more fun and more and more interesting to watch. And, you know, there's rumours of, of Nick Diaz fighting Robbie Lawler now as well. Um, yeah, I just think that, that would have been, that that would be loads of fun, stuff like Definitely. that. Um, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. In terms of uh, other prelim fights, uh, it was horrible to see Ryan Hall lose, wasn't it? And in such a way... It... it, it... Yeah, it, it was not how I wanted to start the evening. No. Um, he came in, done his little shrug, looked a little bit confused and lost and sweet, uh, and then just started doing roly-polies. And I was just like, yeah. yes, this is what I want to see. Um, you know, threw some threw some kicks and that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's not a huge amount to, to say really about that. It just didn't no. work in his favour. It didn't work. And uh, but Taporia looked good. Mm. Taporia looked really good, and I think Taporia is someone we might see surging through the rankings and doing a little bit more now. Because I mean, he's eleven and zero. He's unbeaten. Uh, he's not got. I mean, Ryan Hall's probably the biggest name on his on his resume. Uh, I don't think Ryan Hall was ranked. So. Uh, yeah, I think Alia Tapuria now could very easily be going up against a ranked fighter next. Uh, and yeah, there's a few in there that, that could work. I mean, Alex Caceres, I don't know if he's got a fight booked. Uh, uh, oh, Mov- that's, a, that's a great fight. Yeah, Movsar Evluev only fought recently, so he's probably free. Um, yeah, to some, someone in that top 15, give him someone in that top 15, because I think he's... He's earned it. So, um, yeah, we could be seeing a lot of Ilya Tapuri. I wouldn't be surprised if he's someone that we see cement himself in the top 10 very, very soon. Well, I guess we can close this podcast talking about the fight <clears throat> that I think in the pre- pre-show we was all very, very excited to uh, to discuss. Yes. That's Pereira versus Price. Um, what did you make of it? Well, again, I was kind of, I just arrived at the, the fight companion. And so I kind of got bits of it and stuff was going on. So I didn't get to sit and watch it in the manner that I really, truly would have liked to. Mm-hmm. It looked like, to me, from what I saw, Pereira won the first two rounds and then was gassed out, particularly after, was it the second round where he seemed yeah. to get on top and he seemed to be going for all sorts of, like, I don't know, it was like arm locks or kimuras or something like that, where yeah. he was trying to get a submission. Um, and maybe doing a little bit of, of damage from the top position. And then Gast and Nico Price was going for him in that yeah. third round. And I think Michelle Pereira did just enough to make it a 10-9. I think, if anything, from my memory of it, my tired, dribbly brain memory, I think that um, the, uh, the Michelle Pereira-Nico Price round three was more of a 10-8 than the Dustin Poirier McGregor round one. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so if that is a 10-8, Michelle Pereira and Nico Price last round should have been a 10-8. A 
and that in my head would have made that a draw then. Um, Shout so, out to yeah. Pereira's um, uh, somersault grand and pound. Um, never seen anything like that before. Yeah. Literally uh, just done a, I don't know if you caught that. It was a surreal moment of uh, like a kind of, I don't know, like a somersault. And, uh, and I believe that the foot did catch the head. So whether that's an illegal strike. Well, that's what I couldn't see because he's done that before, I think. And either missed or hit someone in the stomach or something. Mm. I can't remember. I, I remember him doing something like that before. And if he's caught him in the head, then surely that technically is a kick mm. to a grounded opponent, right? Mm. So I don't know. That seems like a bit of a weird one. I mean, look great, though. Yeah, oh, it looks fantastic. Yeah, um, somersaulting on someone's head, but um, but yeah, I mean, he's definitely improved his style from a sporting winning point of view. Huh. Uh, and but as a fan, sometimes I do want him to just go super nuts, like he did in that. Uh, I oh. can't remember who it, who it was that. Um, that he thought would be Tristan Connolly or whatever, where in yeah. round one he was all over the shop but then completely gassed out and yeah. uh and got done in the in the second round or whatever. But um yeah, so I I mean but I think that's the right thing for Michelle Pereira to do because he, he's still got that little wacky crazy things that he can do and he's but he's also clearly showing that he is a a great fighter. But he's very big and muscular for the weight class and maybe if someone can put some pressure on him, mm. that gas tank might be questionable because his last couple of fights maybe that have gone the distance, that Imadaya fight in particular, mm. he seemed to be coasting, coasting, mm. no problems with the cardio at all in that fight. But maybe it's because he wasn't under enough pressure. Mm. Um, and Nico Price really, really, if that was a five-round fight, I think Nico Price wins that fight. So, yeah, but... It was still a fun fight, a good fight. It's kind of what you want, but maybe didn't quite live up to what I thought it would be in my head. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I expected more, um, but that's just because, again, I just instantly cast my mind back to that first round that you just spoke about uh, yeah. and the flamboyant madness. And, uh, and, and yeah, and I think, but he's fighting Nico Price, who's, you know, he's yeah. no joke. And no. so I think. It, it, it leveled the playing field, and and I think, and that meant that it wasn't possibly quite the fight that we wanted. Although it was, you know, it was entertaining. Um, and you said how big you think um, Michelle looks. I, I thought um, both of them looked very big for one seventy. Uh, you know, I think uh, Price looks looks sizable as well. Um, but yeah, it was just there was just so much action on the whole card. And normally I think that fight, you were just going, yeah, it's a pretty good fight. But I think because the, the whole card was so stacked with madness, I think it just got a little bit lost in the mix. Maybe it did. Yeah. I mean, cause I mean, by that point, I think we'd had the uh, Drickus Duplessis who looks really great. South African mm. fighter at middleweight, uh, knocked out Trevor Giles. And he looks like he's someone to watch Drickus Duplessis. Um, and then also there was the Jennifer Meyer Jessica I fight. Jessica I with a huge cut on in the center of her forehead. Apparently that was thirteen stitches. So, Fuck. yeah, hopefully she uh, recovers well after that. That is, she's had some injuries because she was victim of that big Valentina Shevchenko head oh. kick when she fought for the belt. This was a 
nasty gash on the forehead. So, uh, yeah. So, as you say, but it, overall, as a card, it was pretty darn good. There was loads of really good fights, loads of talking points. But we ended with what was, I suppose, a bit of a a sour taste in our mouths with the old uh, McGregor leg break because, as, as we started off saying, it makes it feel a bit inconclusive. There's There's still stuff to be done there. We don't have the answers that we wanted to have. It just fuels the fire of the Conor McGregor hype machine. It's just another chapter in that mad, mad journey, isn't it? I mean, can you imagine if he came back? I don't think he will, but can you imagine if he came back from a leg break like this and put a few wins together? Be insane. But be if anyone's going to do it, who's going to do it? Conor McGregor. Ryan Hall. What a Conor McGregor, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come on, Ryan Hall! <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude. Well, look, I'll let you. Um, I'll let you slip out of that um, that little dressing gown you're wearing there, and uh, and uh, go and get some sleep. Yeah, I'm gonna try to. All right, uh, dude. All right. See you later, mate. Later. Bye.